Welcome to Zurich's Risk Insight series on coronavirus, what businesses need to know now. This segment focuses on transitioning back to the workplace. Hello, I'm Julie Barbero, a risk engineering consultant at Zurich North America. I have 10 years of experience helping companies develop and maintain effective risk management programs. As companies begin to reopen, they face a variety of challenges to help protect their workforce in the wake of the coronavirus. I want to discuss the types of facial coverings and respiratory protection that may help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Understanding the differences can help businesses determine whether employees need to wear them in the workplace. But first, let's look at the bigger picture. By now, it's understood that the coronavirus is spread by transmission of respiratory droplets when people cough or sneeze. Physical distancing, thorough hand washing, good respiratory etiquette, and other measures can help prevent the virus from spreading. Practicing these measures is both vital in and out of the workplace. Although facial protection is worth consideration and in some locations may be required by state or local government, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration reminds companies they must first implement engineering and administrative controls to help minimize the spread of COVID-19. This could include setting policies that promote physical distancing, installing protective shields to limit employees' contact with customers and other employees, or improving a building's ventilation system, just to name a few. Uh, there are many measures that could apply to your facility and requirements and guidance will vary by location. Employers should always refer to the latest federal, state, and local requirements when developing controls. Only then can you address whether face coverings, face masks, or other types of respiratory protection will be needed in your workplace. What when making this decision, OSHA recommends that companies consider the level of exposure of workers. It has established four risk categories, very high, high, medium, and low. Let's take a look at these. Very high and high risk exposures mean that workers are more likely to be exposed to known or suspected sources of COVID-19. This category would include healthcare personnel healthcare delivery and transportation staff, emergency responders, some lab workers, as well as those in death care, a term that refers to jobs in morgues and funeral homes. OSHA guidance for workers in both the very high and high categories is the same. They will likely need additional PPE, including a face mask or respirator, depending on their job tasks and exposures. They will likely also require gloves and plastic gowns. A medium level of exposure refers to jobs that require frequent or close contact with people who may be infected with COVID-19, but may not know it. Remember, the incubation period for the virus is two to 14 days. The level of coronavirus cases within the community should also be a factor. Workers with a medium level of risk would often be in contact with the general public. Examples include schools and retail settings, as well as facilities in areas with high density populations. Depending on other controls that you have in place, OSHA recommends that these workers may need additional PPE. The, the equipment required will be determined by the job. As with the very high and high risk groups, gloves and plastic gowns may also be considered. 
Finally, lower risk jobs are those that do not require contact with people known to be or suspected of being infected with COVID-19. These jobs allow physical distancing of six feet from the general public, as well as limited guidance with coworkers. OSHA guidance is that in these settings, additional PPE is not recommended, but the employees continue practicing the preventive measures they would ordinarily follow. However, it's worth noting that the CDC recently updated its guidance, which encourages employees to wear cloth face coverings in the workplace when appropriate. Companies should evaluate when this would be considered necessary. Now let's take some time to understand the differences between face coverings, face masks, and respiratory protection. Cloth face coverings protect others from the wearer's respiratory emissions. It can help prevent those who may have the virus and do not know it from spreading it to others. Cloth face coverings are not proven to protect the wearer and are not considered respiratory protection. The CDC recommends cloth face coverings in public settings where social distancing measures are difficult to maintain. OSHA does not offer specific guidance and the use of this item is not regulated. The CDC website offers a lot of great information on cloth coverings, including how to make your own. Surgical masks, those familiar blue pleated face masks protect wearers against large droplets, splashes or sprays of bodily or other potentially hazardous fluids. They also help protect others from the wearer's respiratory emissions. These loose fitting masks do not provide the wearer with a reliable level of protection from inhaling smaller airborne particles. So they are not considered respiratory protection. The CDC notes that these masks are intended for use by healthcare and death care workers, should only be used once and should not be shared. OSHA does not offer specific guidance on these masks and does not regulate them. Fit testing is not required. The next two items of respiratory protection are not intended for the general public, but reserved for those in very high or high risk settings, according to OSHA. N95 respirators, also called filtering face pieces, protect wearers by reducing exposure to particles, small particle aerosols, and large droplets. They filter out 95% of airborne particles. The CDC recommends these respirators be used by healthcare and death care workers. They should only be used once and should not be shared. Anyone wearing an N95 respirator must follow OSHA guidelines, which you can find on its website. Companies using this equipment must also have a written respiratory protection program. Fit testing is required for anyone required by their employer to wear an N95 and the wearer must be clean shaven. Half mask respirators are, when worn correctly, more protective than N95 respirators for procedures that are likely to generate aerosols. The CDC offers no guidance on their use, but OSHA notes they could be needed for workers in very high and high risk exposure work environments and used when N95s are not available. Those wearing half mask respirators must follow specific OSHA guidelines and companies using this equipment must have a written respiratory protection program. If a half mask is required PPE, fit testing is required and the wearer must be clean shaven. Remember, the guidance related to this equipment can change, 
As most of us have already learned throughout the coronavirus outbreak, levels of risk and exposures are constantly evolving, and so are the governmental recommendations. So it's important to follow state and local health guidelines for the latest information. Thank you for joining me in this segment of Zurich's Risk Insights series on the coronavirus. What businesses need to know now? Stay well.